You are tuned into a Heads and Tails NFL Injury Report, where each week we discuss the latest injuries and sports health buzz surrounding the league in an attempt to make football safer to play at all levels. Dr. Wazim Bush provides expert medical insight, while my buddy Josh Boyd keeps us up to date on all current events and provides play-by-play analysis. And my name is Kevin Song, and I provide the perspective of a former player with a passion for changing a football culture that nearly took my life. If this is your first time to the show, I recommend checking out some of the athlete and expert interviews that we have previously published on this podcast. For detailed show notes and videos from this episode, go to headsandtails.org backslash injury reports. Welcome back to an all new episode of the Heads and Tails Injury Report. We're currently in week 12, or we just finished up week 12 of the NFL season. Uh, so we're talking about the week 12 injuries and we have the whole crew back now. We've had a couple weeks with uh, some, yeah, some mixed match and just missing weeks, so we're all glad to be back. And we've got a we're recording in a new room because Waz and I are both moving. I'm moving into his old apartment, and he in transition. Yeah, in transition. So on location. Yeah, we got to <laughs> we got to see uh, what our acoustics are like in here. Fifty-five mils. If anyone wants to stop by. By the way. It's like Clark Griswold's home in here. It is amazingly decorated with so much Christmas gear. Um, we were both wowed. Yeah. I love I love Christmas. Yeah, I, I think people should stop by. Is that such a crime? Just wait till the tree gets up, and then we're oh. really and you're, and you're really really I mean, sick. Deers. You guys do. We want to come back well. again next year or uh, <laughs> next week. I mean, we'll have the tree up, and maybe we'll even have the lights up outside, and it'll get the full effect. We might have to do that. All right. Uh, we so might have to post a photo of it too. We we need to get more photos. We need new photos. We need like more folly Christmassy photos. We have summer photos. Folly, yeah. We, we're done with folly. Yeah, we're on to Christmas done. wintery. All right. Well, we skipped fall. We can take well, some. Well. We can take some photos in here next week <laughs> in front of the Christmas tree <laughs> with the candles under the. We can. I'm uh, gonna hold you to that because you're normally the one who doesn't want to take the pictures. Under the kissing ball, oh, maybe kissing oh, ball. Whoa. Yeah, it's a kissing ball. This is getting interesting. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to go through the Week 12 injuries as per usual, and it's really a light week. And as I always say, when it's a light week, we're doing our jobs, right? It is. Am I right or am I right? Uh, then we'll move on to some questionable concussions talk, and really we're just going to finish up with the NFL uh, way to play player of the week, which is honestly just getting weaker and weaker by the week. It's terrible. Lots of weeks going on. Yeah. Uh, Less interesting by the week. Theory on this one, but okay, we'll we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, Scandalous. So headlining the week twelve injuries is uh, Los Angeles Chargers running back Melvin Gordon with a knee injury, and this was definitely impacting my fantasy football team because he really uh, carries a lot of weight on my team, and it's going to be rough going into the playoffs without him. He's been banged up all year, right? Man, he's been he's been not only banged up this year. I feel like he's always he's not a big guy, but no. he's been banged up. Uh, seems like a lot um, over the past couple of years. The years that he's been in, been in the league, he's always seems to be getting uh, just muscles and hamstrings and little things. Um, he usually makes his way back, though. Yeah, so yeah, it does never seem to be serious uh, full season ones, but it's always it feels like it's always something that's nagging at him, but. Well, this video at least like looked like it could have been serious. It definitely um, looked like it could have been serious. And when when you look at him and his reaction, laying on the table with his and walking with his towel over his head, you thought it was it was way more serious than what it seems to be right now. Uh, by video, Josh, you want to go through it? 
Maybe not. All right. <laughs> By video, what ended up happening was uh, <laughs> uh, basically. Josh is still uh, on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the video. Basically, what happened was uh, 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 another defender was uh, making a tackle and uh, whipped his leg uh, back and kind of hit Gordon in the uh, in the knee, in the side of the knee, and it looked like that that standard valgus mechanism where we were possibly concerned that this could have been an ACL. He was able to walk off. And then, like I said, when he was being evaluated on the sidelines by the, the, by the physicians, they, you know, it looked like it was extremely bad news to him because he, uh, he had the towel over his head. Turns out it's a, uh, just a grade two MCL um, injury, which is a partial tear to the, to the uh, MCL. Grade one is no tear. Grade two is a partial, and grade three is a complete tear. And Melvin Gordon seemed like he was like kind of caught by surprise on this particular play. Um, and it looks like he might have just gotten his foot off the ground like just enough so it wasn't as serious of an injury yeah. as it could have been. Absolutely. If his foot was planted, this was probably going to be a lot worse than, than what it was. Um, and also important to note, he's on grass too. So true. I think that you know maybe his foot didn't you know, get stuck as much as it could have if he was on turf. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a good point. Um, you know, as far as what does it mean for, for Gordon, um, he's likely going to be back. I, I doubt that he's going to be back this coming week, um, but they'll probably br- brace him up and um, get him back in there. So I would say expect probably a week that he'll miss, and then the second week he'll they'll probably try to give him a go um, with yeah. bracing. I'm also thinking Cooper Cup. RG3, the, these same MCL injuries are like more minor knee injuries that turn into big ones if Absolutely. you don't take care of them, you know, if you don't give them enough time. I just hope that, the, you know, the Chargers do that, even though it will negatively impact my fantasy hopes. <laughs> Pick up the, Austin Eckler. Pick this, up Austin this is Eckler. Already the, taken. This is kind of the point uh, at the point in the season where, especially with a team like the Chargers, where what are they, eight and three, they're one yeah. game back of the Chiefs for the division. They're kind of fighting for that. The buy in the playoffs, right? The 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 week off. So I mean, there's only six weeks left. So you kind of get in this middle ground of rushing guys back to try to get an extra week of rest later on, um, sitting guys out and having to play play through the playoffs. Um, so it's uh, it's like you said, they were they were uh, passive, I guess, with him in London with the hamstring injury. Yep. Um, and obviously these two aren't related at all but uh, at the same time you want to see if they kind of um have the same plan with him this time around like you said it helps having a backup that is uh that they trust yeah I, you know my guess with this is that fantasy owners are going to be um you know kind of shit out of luck this week but um i think the following uh week he'll have a, a pretty good chance to go so you know well, that doesn't help me now dr waz well, you should have drafted better, Kevin. <laughs> God. Uh, okay. So, wishing Melvin Gordon the best. Uh, <laughs> Big game this week against the Steelers, too. So it's a, it's a Sunday night game. Uh-oh. Flex into Sunday night. I would be there, but, of course, the NFL pushed it back to Sunday night. So Well, we did it last year. Go for me. Yeah, I can't do that again. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah, it was a great time, but can't get, a, get, can't, can't get home at 545 and get up at 7 to go to work. Yeah, I give you guys a lot of credit. Uh, all right, next injury up is Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton with a thumb injury who is now on IR. These are the ones I feel like if I played football, 
I feel like I would have this would have happened to me all the time. It just <laughs> looks so easy, and there's so many plays that happen like this. Yeah, it looks like it's so easy for something like this to happen, and it doesn't really happen as much as this and the quarterback hitting hitting their hands on. Yeah. Uh, offensive linemen helmets or defenders sure. helmets and face masks that's the other thing that surprised me but so this was a snap over his uh, Bengals getting crushed by the browns anyway but in the second half he got a he was in the shotgun and a snap went over his head he ran back and tried to slide dive on the ball and it's kind of hard to tell it looks like he kind of puts his thumb into the ground yeah. can't really tell if it was it was that and then he got rolled up on also because guys jumped on top of him but it looked like the initial was he just tried to he just tried to cover up the ball, and he slams his thumb into the into the turf um, when he was sliding backwards to do it. Um, but like I said, for a quarterback, you do do something to your thumb, especially with ligament on your throwing hand. You got you got no shot. Yeah, just, you can you can picture like jamming a finger or jamming a thumb and trying to hold anything. Like imagine imagine, imagine trying to hold or throw a football. Well, I think uh, Josh kind of hit it right on the head with us. So, you know, just like there's a valgus mechanism for our knees, there's a valgus mechanism for a finger. And in this case, he hurt his UCL, and most people know the UCL in uh, elbows uh, for Tommy John, but there's the ulnar collateral ligament in the thumb as well. And when that's torn, you lose that ability to uh, do your pinching grasp. So kind of uh, gripping a football is hard to do. Spinning the football is going to be really hard. Um, and interesting thing about uh, UCLs of the thumb when it, when they were injured, they were first the the they're actually called gamekeepers thumb, and it was first coined with uh, when Scottish gamekeepers would sacrifice game such as rabbits by breaking their necks between the thumb and index finger of the gamekeeper and the ground. So nowadays, harsh, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, it <laughs> really dark in the podcast. We started off with how lovely this Christmas setting is in this living room that we're recording in, and now we're talking about killing little rabbits. I'm the Grinch. Mike Rips. I'm the Grinch. Uh, nowadays, though, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's, You're an idiot. <laughs> it's seen commonly in skiers with, um, with uh, skier's thumb. Um, basically, skier lands on a ski pole and suffers a valgus uh, force and ruptures the UCL of the thumb. But pretty interesting, right? So... Uh, unfortunately for Dalton, um, this will require surgery most likely, and he's going to be gone. He was placed on IR anyways. Yeah, he's, yeah so he's so done for this. With he should be done. Six weeks left, IR ma- minimum of uh, eight weeks, so he'll be out for the season. Yeah, and there's uh, no the chance for the them to make the playoffs, right? The crazy thing is they were they were three and zero to start the year, and everyone was like all on the Bengals bandwagon, and uh, and now I and I think their backup quarterback is uh, kind of a no name guy, but he actually is played in a couple blowouts the last couple of weeks. Driscoll? Yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Um, and he's uh, he can move around a little bit. He's pretty fast. So I, I don't think it completely paralyzes them. But at the same time, I mean, now they're they're, they're five and six. Um, and uh, it's going to be tough for them to get, get back get back into the into the playoff race here with the backup quarterback. Not that they could have stayed in it with Dalton anyway, but they looked like they were uh, falling apart. I saw, the, yeah. I saw a really good thing on Twitter about their, in the past, I guess, three or four seasons, their record in September, or like I guess the first four weeks, the second six weeks, and the last six weeks of the season, it's like they have like a 750 winning percentage in September, and, and then like plummets. 500 in October, November, and then like from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, they're like 250 or three, 350 winning percentage. 
And yet Marvin Lewis keeps his job every year. Yeah, I, that, I was just about to bring up that fact. And hired Hugh Jackson. I Again, so I think this was a really interesting game. Um, it definitely brought up a few things, and obviously the all the controversy you're hearing with Baker Mayfield. And um, I, I forget who the cornerback was that uh, the, <laughs> intercepted on the Browns. Yeah, the old uh, He played for the Packers, uh, Randall. Yeah. Demarius yeah, yeah. Randall, Demetrius Randall. I think it was Demetrius. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he ended up intercepting the ball, gave it to Hugh Jackson, who pats him on the helmet and puts the ball down. And at the end of the game, (laughs) goes up to give Baker Mayfield a little, you know, hug, congrats, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And And Baker Baker was like, dude, bruh, you stink. (laughs) Get away. (laughs) He like politely shook his hand and like backed away from wipe your upper it, lip. It's uh, it smells. Uh, Hugh Jackson was the best thing I heard about Hugh Jackson when he got fired was um, saw a player on the team anonymously said that the best comparison he could make for Hugh Jackson was to Michael Scott of, <laughs> in the office. Of the office. I'm like if you're if you're a head coach in the NFL and you're getting your leadership style is compared to Michael Scott, like you're. That's amazing. That's Sounds like you, a fun place to that's work. That's amazing. That's all you need to know. That's Dunder, all you need to know. Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. And that was the Browns for three years. So there's no surprise <laughs> that they didn't win any games. But but I totally agree with you when you look at the Bengals' standpoint. How in the world is their coach, Marvin Lewis, able to get keep his job? Because the owner is cheap and doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to pay him out and doesn't want to pay a new coach. Oh, my God. But, I mean – yeah. And they're never they're never have a Browns like record. If you think about it, as bad as they are, they're yeah. always they'll seven, make it in seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven, losing the first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. Have some success. Um I mean they have been decimated with injuries too, but what what team hasn't? I mean yeah. AJ Green yeah, is I'm still sure you talked about AJ Green last yeah. week and last two last two weeks. He's still trying to recover off of that, that turf toe yeah. um injury and um you know, he's seek second opinions and so on so it makes it seem like there's something else that's going on but i think he's ready to give it a go this week but now he's got no quarterback mixon was injured and then he came back and it's just been kind of a a, a whole uh whirly baloo whirly baloo is it, is it i don't think thing? that's a word but a damn, i like damn, it damn it listen it's christmas i get to make up stuff but is that uh really a rule for me but uh, in, in any case, they, they've they been decimated with injuries. So, you know, uh, it is what it is with, with uh, the Bengals. Him Quiet with your boy Perfect for the last couple of weeks. So, although he's been hurt also. So so he hasn't had opportunities to be an idiot. Yeah, true. <laughs> he's moving at like 50% speed when he's playing. So, All right. So moving on from the gamekeeper's thumb and killing little rabbits. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on to Oakland Raiders quarterback Derek Carr with an ankle injury, which is also – injured or that same ankle was surgically repaired a couple of years ago um and also chris chris nowinski pointed out a possible concussion that he suffered this week um so who wants to take us through the ankle injury i mean there was no video of this uh injury, oh yeah right so um we we basically knew that he came out of the game got it taped up and then went back into the game it can't be that serious because he wouldn't have finished the game right and, um I probably rolled it. I got confused because I found the video of the time when he really hurt his yeah. ankle and had to have surgery. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> forgot about that. So, you know, from the concussion standpoint, um, Josh? I, and, like, I think 
like Kev, you'll probably agree that Chris Lewinsky does a really good job with all of, especially on Twitter. But at the same time, like some of these things, yeah, he got Carr went back to pass, threw threw a pass, got pushed from a guy coming at him, um, just lost his balance, fell back, hit the back of his head on the ground. Um, it's the reaction. Though. Oh, I know, yeah, and yeah. I understand that. Like, and yes, he grabbed his he he grabbed the grabbed back of his, his head, head, shook his head. But you're yeah. gonna. But he's an alarmist. I feel yeah. like. But you're also at, at the same time. You get hit in the back of the head like that. You're gonna. You're going to grab your head, and that doesn't. That doesn't automatically mean you have a concussion. I don't know. It's just we've we've we, we've talked about this all year. It's just it's so hard for people on the outside to be watching a game and say that's a concussion. Yeah. And and I understand what he's what he's trying to do, and it's just awareness. And he's more so not saying it's a concussion. He more so is saying this is what to look out for. Yeah. Yes, this, th- this this is a possibility of something they need to they need to look at. Right. This is an example of the yeah. the booth ATC. Yeah. That's an example of when they need to say something when they see something like that. Yeah. yeah, correct. But I feel like he's an alarmist, and I feel like he's you know yeah we understand that concussions are a huge thing. But, you know, when he tweets that out about, oh, he shakes his head, double shake sign is uh, means that there's there's uh, issues with his vision. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that it can also just mean that the guy's in pain. He just got his head whacked. You know what I mean? And sometimes they're just good lumps to the head, you know. And to me, is that at what point is there a good lump to the head? Well, you you, you know what I mean. I'll give you a good lump to the (laughs) head. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, at what point does uh, does what he's doing on Twitter and other people like him become a detriment to to, to the game? Well, to well, that's to, my sentiment. Not really to the game, no. more so just to the NFL and its outlook on concussion and how it's dealing with concussions. Correct. You know, like I because we've talked about this a lot, but I I think we've gotten to the point where I I trust that the NFL and the guys on the sideline and the ATCs are doing it right. So and all this this stuff on Twitter, what is that? Or at least they're not trying to do it wrong. Yes, exactly. yes, exactly. They're not trying to do it wrong. Um, and I think it's a very there. It's, it's a good faith effort made by every team, um, and everyone involved. But at what point does screaming about concussions on Twitter hurt, I don't know, the, yeah. the, the public view of everything. Chris Nowinski's position is interesting because I think he kind of started off as being like the bad guy of the NFL. And I think the NFL has almost kind of like embraced him a little bit. Embraced him because they know they couldn't get, they couldn't stop him from. Yeah, can't doing, stop anyone in this right. day and age. Yeah, you yeah. can't stop him. So you might as well join him kind of thing. So I think they include him on a lot of these like, panels and uh when they start thinking of new rules and stuff like that so it's interesting kind of like the role that he plays in this concussion movement player safety uh world i think i think his role is great in the fact of i think his his opinion holds a lot of clout his opinion does but at the same time i feel that you know his role is to kind of help the general public and the general um, and, and and the uh, announcers and, and, and so on to kind of recognize signs and symptoms that could potentially be there, right? They, that I think the key and operative word here is potentially be associated with a concussion. Just because those things happen does not necessarily mean that, you know, he, the guy's got a concussion. And to your point, Josh, you know, about the NFL and how, you know, you trust in the fact that that these guys are doing those things. None of these physicians or uh, individuals that are associated with the concussion protocol and so on want to be sued. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they, that is first and foremost in their, in their minds, right? 
So they're going to do what they need to do and hold people out that meet the criteria for it. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to figure out brain markers, biomarkers right now um, associated with concussions. And they've isolated one um, S100B, right? I, why it was named that? I'm, I, I, Whatever I that know. means. Yeah. <laughs> but they've isolated one that has some associations but isn't conclusive. You know what I mean? So, you know, the, until we have that definitive magic you know, powder like LeBron sprays every time he goes in to, to play a game, you know, we're not going to be able to, to magically say, hey, this is uh, indeed a concussion and this is not. And when we do, I still don't think, even when we, if we do ever get to that point, yeah. still, like, what does that mean? Are you going to start, like, blood testing guys at halftime? Because, like, half the time they probably have a concussion and it just never got picked up, you know, because yeah. these symptoms don't present themselves and always like immediately but yeah all right that was a solid discussion uh all right moving on to the next injury we got uh minnesota vikings cornerback xavier rose with a hamstring tear and we actually there's a video of possibly the hamstring tearing yeah, yeah. it's more of just a it's a very up close where butt in your face <laughs> but yeah butt in your <laughs> face it's uh i remember we I th- it was last year we talked about uh kev remember the guy in the chiefs with like that rippling. Yes, the, yeah. uh, the that was an Achilles. The, though, right? Achilles, yeah. yeah. That was uh, just an onside kick, and he went like just jumped, basically jumped off the ground. Yeah. And like you could see as soon as he left the ground, you could see like the back of his leg, like yeah, the calf uh, was like. Yeah, it was like a, like the calf was like a jellyfish. <laughs> but um, it's it's not as uh, you can't yeah. see it as good in this one, but no. you can still type. It. So I mean, you can't really see much from the play itself, but you can kind of see where he just. Like, I don't know, you just kind of see his... It was almost yeah, like after the play on. was over. Yeah. yeah. So, y- you know, when you look at that video, and, and it'll be posted um, later on. So, first of all, Xavier Rhodes has been dealing with this hamstring for quite a few weeks, right? And he's been giving, you know, testing it out, playing, whatnot. I think what ends up happening here was he um, gets tackled and... Initially, nobody really thought that this was going to be too much more than, oh, he re-aggravated his... Um, his uh hamstring but you know there was a couple of individuals who kind of pointed out this video actually um where at the end of it his hip is a bit flexed and um and his knee is uh um extended um after the tackle and what you see the hamstring attaches on to just underneath the the buttocks um and what you see is right before he grabs on kind of like a little spasm right in that area and almost like a, it becomes a little bit more prominent. And what they're worried about is that that hamstring tore off of where it came, which is called an avulsion injury. You know, it, it may not be, and it's really difficult to see that. I mean, even, even by video, you can't, you can't really say, hey, this is definitively what it is. You know, an MRI is going to show what's going on with that hamstring. But if he's out uh, for an extended period of time, it's because he probably needs surgery to repair this thing, and he did do this. So, um, you know, some of the the other individuals who pointed this out brought up a really good point with that, and I, I thought it was interesting just to put that video in there just to uh, give our fans a little bit of an idea of what they were talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the last injury we have to talk about this week is uh, Jacksonville Jaguars offensive guard uh, Andrew Norwell uh, with an ankle injury. He was moved to IR. 
mostly there's no video of this, but it's mostly just to talk about how like the uh, Jaguars have just been crushed with oh, injuries okay. all year. Our left tackles out for the year. Their center was out for the year. Um, all within the last uh, couple weeks, and like all, and it's all been these. And it seems like this happens to one team a year. It's all these ankle, yep. lower leg, ACL from getting getting yeah. rolled up on. It's I think just, this is the fourth yeah. lineman for them, right? And it's just it's like how much of it is bad luck, how much of it is technique, how much of it is what they're coaching. But at the same time, it, like I said, it seems like one team a year just has every offensive lineman just go down where something all similar injuries. I mean, I said it earlier in the, in the season. I feel like we are we talk about these kind of injuries every single week. Yeah. You know, like and I feel like we don't talk about concussions the way we talk about this just in terms of sheer volume. So it's like I I think it's great that we're putting a lot of research, money, and effort towards trying to, you know, prevent concussions, which, in all actuality, might not be preventable ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, what about these other injuries that seem to be becoming, you know, more and more of an I- or more of an issue? And people don't realize the the long term effects of like say an ACL injury. Um, you know, when you tear your ACL, you have a much more um, elevated chance of uh, early onset arthritis in the knee. So these guys, when they hit 50, a lot of them are already going to have really bad arthritic changes in their knees. And, you know, meniscus tears, we always hear, oh, and we don't think much about the meniscus. But from a surgical standpoint, we try to preserve the meniscus as much as possible because it's the cushion between your, your femur and your tibia. And it, it's your shock absorber. Every time you take a step, you're, you're just pounding this thing. So you want to keep that shock absorb, absorber as long as possible. And when you have to get surgery that requires you to remove any portion of it, then you have to think about bone on bone hitting each other on every step that you take in life. And that ev- eventually that's going to break down. And it's going to lead to the arthritis that we see. Like obviously, I think offensive linemen is the on defensive linemen, the line, the linemen's are the toughest physically on your body just yeah. because of the toll it takes every play and not so much in your life of football, but after your life of football. And I think that's why a lot more recently you've been seeing, like what did Kyle Turley look like when, 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 when you, when you saw Kyle Turley, Kev? Yeah. like banged up. Yeah. 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 And is his, his, is he still at his playing weight or is he's like a lot, he's skinnier? a lot lighter. He's yeah. a lot lighter. Yeah. So I mean, now you see it a lot with these offensive linemen who play at, 275 to 315 as soon as they're done playing they lose 100 150 pounds jeff saturday alan fanica yeah fanica oh my god fanica's crazy he's he he must weigh like 175 pounds now looks like a completely different guy and they feel so much better yes yeah Yeah. so it's but like and then you other see guys like uh mark slareth was on espn for a long time he said he had like over 50 surgeries Mm -hmm. on like 20 knee surgeries he was offensive lineman i mean that's just you you open yourself up to the the most wear and tear and the most wear and tear that needs fixing every single off season so it kind of comes with the territory i don't know if i don't think kevin likes that phrase but like what well you say slareth uh i can't even say it uh (laughs) but he's when I when I see him tweet and I see him on TV, he always embodies that like old school mentality, tough guy, yeah. like yeah. caveman style football. Yeah. And that's why I always get like frustrated with him. I'm like rolling my eyes whenever he's talking. But I mean, that's how people played for a long time. <laughs> well, this is why we also have that whole epidemic of opioid addiction, right? These right. guys are in Kyle pain. Turley. Yeah. These guys are in pain. Yeah. 
you know, there was a story about Ahmad Bradshaw who used to play years and years and had multiple foot surgeries. Uh, he would basically play on Sunday, couldn't walk for days, then go in, practice very lightly, and then play again the next weekend. There were all these stories about that. So, you know, when they leave uh, the NFL and they have to retire, what are the resources that are available? And then what are you going to do to kind of get yourself out of that pain? Because now it's a lifelong journey of pain. Yeah, right. And th I think the NFL is and the NFLPA are trying to make programs to help these guys kind of transition easier yeah. out with their health too, Absolutely. not not just like financially and uh, all that other stuff. But um, another interesting thing I saw on Twitter was a stat on Frank Gore. So Frank Gore is 35 years old and hasn't missed a game since 2010. So we talk about all these injuries and guys <laughs> like on on the Jacksonville Jaguars who like their whole team seems like they're hurt, and then you have a guy who plays. A position where normally you don't last very long because you always get hurt, uh, and he he's been injury free for eight years. I think, and uh, he's just a freak. I think some guys are naturally prone, whatever it is in their bodies, just don't get hurt. I, I want to do like easily. my own just, study yeah. on guys like Tiki Barber and guys like uh, Frank Gore and guys like uh, Franco. What is it Franco, Franco Harris? Yeah, who like played in the NFL at running back for 13, 15, like so all these Curtis but, Martin. But is it is it even yeah, something Yeah, Curtis Martin, yeah. But is it even something like uh Joe Thomas? Is it something statistically that you can even I'm just more looking find? at like the style of running. Like when you have the opportunity to go out of bounds or lower your shoulder, what do they do? But he's a big guy and he and he runs up the middle. I'm yeah. sure he might get out of bounds when he's close to the sideline, but like he he's 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 not fast. Boy, he's like a plotter. Your he man kinda, Ryan Clark put out a nice tweet about him about uh the man with no acl who is uh who's beating father time yeah, it, 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 he was just saying how how this guy frank Gore had was always known to have bad knees even in college that's why his draft stock uh yeah. fell and now he's gonna be he's gonna retire as one of the leading rushers in yeah. in the just NFL. because he's been available and been healthy I yeah think some guys just I don't know what it is. I think some guys just like sometimes it's luck. Yeah, honestly, it's luck and it's recovery. And then you see other guys that get hurt every it's, time they step on the field. It's the sports gene. You ever heard of that? Yeah. No, what's you know, that? it's kind of like some athletes are built. Why is LeBron the way LeBron is? And and uh, he's unable to. You know, he doesn't get injured. He's a freak of uh, yeah. of an athlete. It, it's basically like how. Um, Two athletes come together, create a uh, uh, an offspring, and they have this gene that allows them to be whatever it, they are, right? But then when Michael Jordan has his son, why is his son not as good as Jordan? Well, he kind of diluted his genes because he didn't marry an athlete that was that had elite level uh, caliber, and so his genes were diluted, and so his son didn't get exactly what he had. Right, so it's kind of an interesting concept about it, right? So it's some, it's like something that you can't like pin down no. from medical. I mean, you say it all the time, especially in football. That guy's injury prone. Yeah. Like, what does what does that mean? It just like it, for whatever reason, you see those guys super just, unlucky. You just <laughs> you just get hurt. I mean, that's they're a lot easily, you know, injured. I, and there's a lot of money right now in the strength and conditioning programs for for all of these uh, professional teams. 
Right, uh, with like injury prevention programs, exactly. which you can't quantify because the injuries don't happen. Hey, maybe <laughs> animal flow will 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 be something that gets implemented. It's true. I mean, it seems you know, like they're you know it's not only football. Jordan Reed was the one who was doing it, wasn't it? Exactly. Who's the guy who we're about to talk about? Yeah. Um, in a little bit, but uh, yeah. So we're done with the injuries. Talked about Frank Gore, and the the helmet rule is officially dead. Like close the the casket and and bury it because they're not calling it ever there is no point and the the example i want to show or that i have some videos of on the blog is from sunday night uh between the packers and uh minnesota vikings and green bay safety kentrell bryce uh, hit dalvin cook and it was a huge hit um really big collision and he led with his head a lot reminded me a lot of the shazier hit not in terms of the positioning of uh Dalvin Cook as as much, but more just the angle that he went in at and kind of the positioning of his head. Um, and he was like pretty much looked like he was like knocked out. Had like the fencing response. He, he definitely had a concussion after that. Yeah. Um, but there was no penalty called. And like to me, those examples are exactly why they made the rule, and they're not calling it. So, I I told you guys before we started this particular podcast of like how optimistic and how good I felt about what the NFL was trying to do in terms of like changing behavior for good in, in the NFL. And I like couldn't be more disappointed now. Like they, they just didn't stick to their word or stick to their guns, you know? And it's there's two things with the helmet rule for me. First is once you get away from calling it for as long as they have, you can't go back mid season and start calling it. You know what I mean? So once they've determined, once they call it once week one and once week four, and that was the only times they call it, now it's, and they haven't called it since, it's hard to pick up in week 13 and call it. It's just, it's hard for the, I think it's hard for the refs to justify to themselves as doing it. I'm just wondering, like, did they get told, like, don't yes, call this anymore? That was my That's, second point. Yeah. Why? There's always a reason. It's not just, do the refs not agree with the rule? Do they not like it? Do they not want to flag it? Have they been told? Were they told all along, throw it as many times as you can in the preseason, then we're going to back off during the regular season. Um, it's like that's the more the conspiracy conspiracy theory side of it. Is this uh, something no smells so yeah. nice? Basically, like, say. was this done on purpose or is it just a coincidence and um, they just put out the rule to appease people? Yeah, um, I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, they're, these are just blatant calls. You know what I mean? Based on how the rule is written and how they uh, called it in the preseason, which is what how you thought they would call it during the regular season, yeah, and you see them all, you see them all the time, and they've, um, but like you said, ever since halfway through the preseason, they built in that variable of intent, then it completely stopped calling it after that because you can always, almost always, you can justify it based on that. Well, in this case, right, they would have called it on Bryce because he was going leading with his helmet, right? Yeah, would that would that have been insult to injury? And that's one of the reasons. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they, to me, it's the perfect reason why you should call. You penalize the guy who got hurt because, like, dude, you're an idiot. You got hurt. <laughs> this is if you didn't do the helmet. If you didn't do a play that would have drawn the helmet rule flag, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, maybe they don't. They're they're gun shy about. Dropping a flag on a guy that's like laid Unconscious. out. Unconscious. Yeah. Flag him. <laughs> on top of it, insult to injury, right? No, I, I, I think that's that's true. And yeah. they've completely stopped calling it on 
offensive players that running backs and tight ends and guys running with the ball who do it all the time also. Yeah. You, you know, my other point about this video too is what goes back to what you were talking about and you've always talked about, Kev, about toughness, right? And athletes have to stop praising themselves for hurting other athletes, right? At the end of this video, Cook stands right over Bryce and just looks down at him, kind of like admiring his, his yeah. hit. That's, you know what I mean? That's just take – that's – like a generational it change is, is it the really problem because it's so right now for as much as Kevin dislikes it, that part of the game is so intrinsically built in Yeah, to being a macho, I being mean, dude, tougher. When, when, being, I, when I was running the ball, in high, back in my day when I played high school football. <laughs> you would have done the same thing. I did do you the were, same thing. You trucking people. Yeah, I made a big hit. Of course I was going to stand over you because that's like <laughs> that like macho masculinity. So I'm cool. realistically, I'm tougher than you. Kobe Bryant him? Well – Step over him? Well, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> will there ever be a time in football where that doesn't exist? I think so. You do? I think it's starting to phase out a little bit. You think so? Uh, you know, I, I think that they, they do draw penalties on that uh, a lot now. Yeah, taunting. You know? Yeah, yeah. so um, I think the NFL is trying to, to change that a little bit. But, you know, when you when you lay somebody out, you know, it's that, that adrenaline. You're both going in full steam yeah. and – you know, you're proud of it. That was yeah. a freaking big collision. Yeah. It just, was. The more just, I watch it, the more I'm like, holy crap. It's, it's just so hard to find a happy medium because you're never going to run a guy over and then like, oh, my God, and yeah. like feel sorry for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's finding – and being so competitive as these guys are, they're not going to do right. something like that and have no reaction. So Well, the great Ray Lewis used to – lay people out and used to or whenever he got run over would say whoo thank you baby now let's have another and go on next uh, you know it, it was you yeah. know what about that mentality there's always gonna right? be yeah there's always gonna be some some type of reaction it's just it's i don't know i think that's a good point because when you're yeah when you're out there fighting for every inch and then when you get that yeah. extra inch over someone else it's like just like we've we, we've said in order to play football and play it at the highest level and play it. You, you need that intensity yeah. to not get hurt yourself. Right? Right. I mean, you can't have that. Like, I feel like, I don't know, but you can't have that relaxed, easy nature and not be going on. You got to throw the first yeah. punch. You can't yeah. wait to get punched. Yeah. yeah. And when you have that mentality, you're going to be a little bit jazzed up yeah. when something good happens. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, all right. Back to Jordan Reed. So Washington Redskins tight end, Jordan Reed, he goes crazy after not getting a a penalty called on a defenseless receiver situation on a ball that he caught. Um, I don't know if one of you guys want to take us through the hit the play Just or not. Kind of hit him like right in the face mask. Yeah. It was like face mask to face mask almost. Yeah. I mean, like I don't know. I don't know what it's he almost w- like when you turn around and just run into somebody. Yeah. Like oh crap. Oh, oh I didn't know you were gonna be there. Ah, crap. Yeah, it wasn't like the defender like left his feet and like did anything malicious, I don't think. Yeah. But it was definitely defenseless receiver, helmet to helmet, you know. I, I, I wish I saw more of the play, like what led up to – yeah. what steps led up to that. But I, I think that people were making a big deal about the fact that Jordan Reed has such a, a big concussion history too. And should, you, should he be treated any differently because he had a, a concussive – I don't no. think so. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so either. It's just it's yeah. it's got like it's gotten to the point where like to me that's it's an obvious play to throw a flag. Yeah. Right. So why would you not throw a flag? But was there intention? I mean, to me, to the letter of the rule, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah, intention doesn't matter. isn't. I agree. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, because if if you go by intention, to my definition of what intention when when intention becomes malicious, it's when a player leaves his feet and he didn't do that. It did almost look like he like wasn't expecting him to be there, and they just like happened to like run into each other like helmet to helmet. Yeah, but then, but so you're. It's going back to being a judgment call for the refs, which I think they were trying to take it, go the opposite direction, and make it not like take all the judgment out of it. Where if there's contact to the helmet, there's contact to the helmet. You just almost like the roughing the passer with the quarterbacks, make it so there isn't. You're not judging intent. Which is another rule they don't call anymore. Yeah, they've slowed yeah. down with that either. This, but which is what it is. That's what I feel like. This happens at during this point in every NFL season. You watch the playoffs, sure. they just don't they don't call they don't have the holdings as much. They don't call offense, they just call less penalties. Well after goes, after that big see. Chiefs Rams game, yeah. everybody complained about how much how many penalties there were. Yeah. Maybe that's in I'm, response to that. I'm sure you know? it has an impact. Nobody wants to see a game with twenty five penalties. Absolutely. And, and we talked about at the beginning of the year how many how many flags there were. I mean and and there's it, a penalty on every play. Yeah, and yeah. It, and it's not just because uh they the starters haven't been playing as much. I mean I think it's just as the game as the weeks go on, the refs just let they just let a lot of a lot of things go. So. All right, but yeah, and then I remember Chris Tawinski a couple of weeks back talked about how when players do go like crazy mm-hmm. after a potential like a big hit like you're or being told that you can't play after a concussion diagnosis or something then that's like a sign so i i'm not i'm not saying he had a concussion i'm not saying any of that i'm just saying like but this is why we 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 chat about what chris Novinsky's doing yeah. right right you know is it is it good now yeah. everybody's like oh my god Look at what he did. He just chucked his helmet. He's yeah. he's concussed. There's a I don't know if you watched the college game, uh the West Virginia Oklahoma game on Friday night. Oklahoma won 59 to 56 and there was not a tackle made all game, but West Virginia's second leading receiver in the first half got hit um and they took his helmet away and didn't let him go back in the game and he went nuts yeah. on the sideline. Nuts. But at the same time like this is they're playing for a conference championship. He's a senior. This is his last game at home, senior day. So like, there's a lot more that goes into it than just okay. He has a concussion. He's freaking out because he wants to go back in the game because he's concussed. Right. But think about the message yeah. that's that that that's sending, in terms of like how we think or how how we're prioritizing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Their head or brain health. There's so yeah. much on the line in there. And they still they still pulled they him. Wouldn't, yeah. They had to, to like, me that speaks volumes as to they, you know where yeah. they are in the NCAA yeah. versus where they are in the NFL. They had to look like like a student manager that had his helmet, and this kid's like five eight, and he's like the six three wide receiver, and he's like trying to take it back. And then I think they like took they didn't take him; they let him stay on the sideline. I think they took his helmet and just put it in the locker room. Can, could you so imagine if take you had like a, a Leonard Fournette or just the, who who was he fighting? Yeah. Shaq Lawson yeah. or somebody? Yeah. Could you imagine Did if you, you had one of those guys telling him, "Ah, you can't go back in the game, Leonard. <laughs> I got Sorry, your helmet. Lenny. You can't. You can't go back in the game." It's like the nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Punch the jaw and he'd be out. Oh my God, he take his helmet back, walk right back in the field. Yep. All right. So to wrap up this episode, we'll talk about the NFL way to play Player of the Week for Week Eleven, uh, and this one went to Rams offensive tackle uh, way to play Rob. Crap. What way to play crap? Yeah, Rob Havenstein. 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 Mm. Yeah, whatever. I've been good lately. <laughs> I'll give myself a slip. Uh, but it was basically a block that he. I don't know. I thought it was really weak because it's this huge offensive lineman like pulling and or blocking downfield, 
and he just basically pancakes a defensive back trying to make a play. But the defensive back was like already falling falling down. So he basically just like shoved over a guy who was like already off balance. So to me, it looked a lot worse than it was. But I don't know. To me, uh, I don't was, really know the point of this stuff anymore. I don't even know what what they're trying to actually show you anymore. Like. There's no consistency with who they give the 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 plays to, you know what I mean, or the the awards to. I I'm not quite sure. I'm they, I'm kind of They said confused. they gave him the award because he led with his hands on the block as opposed to his shoulder oh, or yeah. his head. You can or... you can define it however you want for yeah. whatever football play you want. You can always define it on how why it's a good fundamental football play, but I mean these guys these guys get a donation to what of like a a charity of their choice or a at school, youth, a high school, or a something youth program like that, of their yeah. choice, and I mean, I think they're just like they spread it out. They give it to guys on different teams, and like you got the fires in California, and you give it to a guy in Los Angeles. He's going to give it to one of the communities that had the was NFL ravaged looks by great. fires, yeah. and that's it. Like to me, that's sponsored by the you got them figured out, dude. Yeah, that's all. What you should be a psych major. Seriously, I mean, it's not. It's not. I don't want to make it seem like it's a bad thing because it's not a bad thing, but it's just kind of not what perhaps we should make it like what we thought it was going to be in the first place void psychology towards the way to play instead of void we've said it from yeah. the said it from the beginning of the year it's just it's a good it, it's a very good take i mean those are those are points that are being connected and dots yeah. that are being connected and you're just like huh Again, I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad. Like I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like right. it's, 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 it is what it, it is. It's all great causes. It's all good stuff. It's positives. It's just not. It's not know. hurting. It. No, yeah. but it's it doesn't seem like when it when it was started it 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 seemed like it was going to focus on fundamental tackling and improving tackling in football, and now it's just kind of morphed into whatever whatever they, they want it to be. Yeah. I think yeah. you know to end on a, a good note. I think we should start, you know, kind of judging our favorite NFL celebrations. And one of my favorites happened on this uh, Sunday night game. What was it? It was the limbo. The limbo. Oh, my God. Limbo. It was a good limbo. They picked up Adam Thielen. Uh, two linemen picked him up, and he's laying horizontally. And then Dalvin Cook just comes and ling- limbos underneath him. And then uh, Stefan Diggs does the same thing. Yeah, it's great. I, I like that they let the guys have fun with it with yeah. the touchdowns again. It's like you have so many rules and that you're trying to in, put in the NFL to make the game safer, make whatever, but you penalize a guy for like celebrating. Like people I, like that. It's like entertaining. Doesn't it make it look even sillier about how like three, four years ago when you weren't allowed to do yeah. any, like you weren't allowed to go to the ground you weren't allowed to you weren't allowed to celebrate with another member of your team you could only dance if you were dancing by yourself if someone else came over and danced with you it was a penalty <laughs> like you couldn't take a knee there was you couldn't literally do nothing and you now how, you can now they're letting you kind of do whatever they want you know and worst case scenario is? they just fine you the next day they don't yeah. even throw a penalty anymore do you know how hard it is to score a touchdown in the nfl yeah seriously what if villanueva could never have uh uh celebrated you know what i mean how often does a lineman get to to catch a touchdown pass? Not very often. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's true. Well, I'm glad to have the band back this week. It's nice. Uh, th- thanks, as always, for doing all your hard work preparing for these episodes. And uh, 
We're, we're closing down the season here. We're like yeah. we're winding down. It's the home stretch a little it's bit. It's December and we get the playoffs and then we get to put our faces back on Instagram and make <laughs> make some terrible playoff picks again. Yeah, we were bad last Awful. year. Awful. Special shout out to all the high schoolers out there. Football season's over for them. Uh, congrats to all the athletes on a great season and special shout out to the Summit Hilltoppers for being uh, North Jersey Section 2 Group 3 champions. Say that three times fast. Um, great it's season, Jersey guys. You know, shout out to Ramapo for uh, for uh, taking it to us uh, <laughs> in MetLife. And um, congrats again, and we'll see you out there next season. Thanks, boss.